Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey team, it's Jenny. I have a quick request. We love the Womanica community, and we're eager to get to know you better. That's why we created a short listener survey to learn more about you and what you want to hear on the show. Check out wondermedianetwork.com survey to share your thoughts and be entered to win brand new Wonder Media Network swag. That's wondermedianetwork.com survey. It's quick, I promise. You can also find the link in the episode notes. Thank you so much for taking the time. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Lindsay Cradwell, and this is Womanica. Your usual host, Jenny, is feeling a little under the weather, so Womanica producers, like me, are temporarily stepping into the hosting chair. This month, we're highlighting women in health and wellness. And today, we're talking about a legendary American research scientist, doctor, and author. She was a pioneer in the fields of industrial toxicology and occupational health. Basically, she made it safer for Americans to go to work each day. Her work helped pave the way for scientific improvements in workplace safety and for landmark legislation like the Occupational Safety and Health Act. Please welcome Alice Hamilton. Alice Hamilton was born in New York City in 1869 to Montgomery and Gertrude Hamilton. She was the second of their four daughters. When Alice was young, her family moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana. There, she grew up on a large estate, which was originally purchased for the family by her wealthy grandfather. Alice's family was privileged, cultured, and somewhat isolated. All of the Hamilton children were homeschooled until they were old enough to attend finishing school. While she was still a teenager, Alice decided that she wanted to become a doctor. But she faced two major obstacles. First, she had to convince her conservative father that it was a valid career choice. Second, she had to overcome her minimal education in science, a subject her father found boring and didn't stress during her years of homeschooling. 
So she studied physics and chemistry with a Fort Wayne high school teacher and took biology and anatomy courses at a local medical school. Then Alice enrolled at the University of Michigan in 1892. She earned her medical degree a year later. Following her graduation, Alice interned at the Northwestern Hospital for Women and Children in Minneapolis before moving to a more prestigious hospital outside of Boston. But instead of becoming a practicing physician, Alice continued her science training. She traveled to Germany with her sister Edith to study pathology and bacteriology. Unfortunately, German universities refused to admit women and only eventually allowed the sisters to attend classes as long as they made every attempt to be invisible to the male students. In 1896, Alice returned to the United States. Later that year, she was offered a position teaching pathology at the Women's Medical School at Northwestern University in Chicago. This was an incredible opportunity for Alice, not only because it was a great job for a female pathologist at the time, but also because it gave her the opportunity to live at Hull House, the most famous settlement house in the U.S., Founded by Jane Addams, Whole House was a settlement house. Its mission was to bring wealthy young reformers in contact with immigrants and poor people through living in close proximity. As Alice herself once wrote, life in a settlement does several things to you. Among others, it teaches you that education and culture have little to do with real wisdom, the wisdom that comes from life experiences. As Alice lived side-by-side with poor community residents, she became increasingly aware of and interested in the myriad problems facing workers, particularly occupational illnesses and injuries. The study of industrial medicine had gained some interest in Europe following the Industrial Revolution, but it was still in its infancy in the United States. Alice was determined to change that, and she began advocating for increased attention. She also published her first article on occupational medicine in 1908. Two years later, Alice was appointed to the newly formed Occupational Disease Commission of Illinois, the first investigative body of its kind. The commission was charged with studying industrial illnesses in the state, with a particular focus on high mortality rates related to industrial poisoning. Alice served as the managing director of the study and focused her attention on the lead industry. She would face off with factory owners who insisted that their workers, who were mostly immigrants, were alcoholics or that their factories couldn't possibly be poisoning their workers. And yet, Alice would see the conditions firsthand, breathing in lead dust and fumes from oxide furnaces. She would also note that the symptoms were not possibly caused by drinking. To prove that lead poisoning had taken place, Alice needed to search through medical records, track down the worker and interview his wife, and determine where he had been working at the time. Her tireless work did end in reforms. One example, the National Lead Company in Illinois re-engineered their factories and even employed a medical department to monitor workers' health. As interest in occupational health increased across the country, Alice spent the next decade investigating a variety of issues for a slew of other state and federal health committees and investigative bodies. She had become the country's leading authority on lead poisoning and one of only a handful of experts on occupational illnesses. Alice was even commissioned by the U.S. Department of Commerce to undertake a countrywide survey similar to the one she'd worked on in Illinois. 
Though she received basically no support and no salary, she completed the study, and the government agreed to buy her final report. This was just the first of many studies and reports that Alice would complete for the federal government over the years, illustrating the many occupational hazards faced by workers in dangerous trades. Some of her best-known research includes her studies on carbon monoxide poisoning among American steelworkers, mercury poisoning of hat makers, the dangers of Arizona copper mines, and a debilitating hand condition related to working with jackhammers. Her work was instrumental in bringing about landmark changes in state and federal industrial safety laws. In 1919, Alice was hired as an assistant professor in the Harvard University Medical School's newly formed Department of Industrial Medicine. This made her the first woman to join the Harvard faculty, and the move was greeted with national headlines. A New York Tribune article read, A woman on Harvard faculty. The last citadel has fallen. The sex has come into its own. Nevertheless, Alice faced sexism and other obstacles because of her gender while at Harvard. From 1924 to 1930, Alice served as the first and only woman member of the League of Nations Health Committee. This was an incredibly prestigious appointment and speaks to the level of international fame that Alice had gained by this point in her career. During this period, Alice wrote the first American textbook on the subject of industrial poisons and a related textbook on industrial toxicology that became the standard in the field. She also became a major critic of adding tetraethyl lead to gasoline. In 1935, Alice retired from teaching at Harvard, though she maintained emeritus status and took a position as a medical consultant with the U.S. Division of Labor Standards. Her final field study, conducted when she was in her 60s, brought about reform in the viscose rayon industry. Alice died of a stroke at her Connecticut home on September 22, 1970. She was 101 years old. Just three months after her death, the U.S. Congress passed the landmark Occupational Safety and Health Act, or OSHA, to improve workplace safety in the United States. All month, we're honoring incredible women in health and wellness. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan. As always, we're taking a break for the weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Before you go, I want to tell you about another show I think you might like. When the sun goes down at the world's leading business school, the faculty speak their minds. Harvard professors Youngmi, Mihir, and Felix are hosts of After Hours, a podcast from TED. Each week, they catch up after work to dish on topics torn straight from the headlines, from Facebook to free trade to how to buy happiness. Think of it as professors in cars having coffee. This season, holiday travel headaches, chicken sandwich wars, and their big predictions for 2022. Get ahead of the trends and find After Hours wherever you listen. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? 
Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.